What's up, everybody? You have tuned in. You got me just in time, right where you wanted me. The greatest show on dirt. Coming to you live again from the Sweet Bee Studios, Monday, October 23rd. One day to go until the World Series starts to 100-plus game-winning juggernaut, something we haven't had since 1970. We'll face off in the 2017 World Series of Baseball, declaring one team the world champion of world champions. A World Series is the hardest. A World Series is the hardest title to win out of any of the major sports. More than the Stanley Cup, more than the NBA Finals, more than the Super Bowl. It is the World Series. That's the best. Los Angeles Dodgers against the Houston Astros. I think as the season progressed, these were probably the two teams everyone wanted to see because all season long they've been the two best teams in all of baseball. Now, if there are any Cleveland Indians fans out there, you might fight me on that a little bit, but I understand this. The Cleveland Indians had to win about 24 straight to get on the Houston Astros level, and so that they did. But still, I think right now we can all agree that the Astros and the Los Angeles Dodgers were the two best teams in all of baseball for the entire season. We finally get to see if that Sports Illustrated cover in 2014 was correct, the one with George Springer on the cover in the old Houston Astros uniform, if indeed the Houston Astros will be the 2017 champions. And with the two best teams in all of Major League Baseball making the World Series, it could lead one to believe and ask if this is the rise of baseball super teams with all the sabermetrics and data that we have out there. The Wall Street Journal published an article today that said that this was indeed proof, the Dodgers and the Astros making it to the World Series, that this is proof of baseball super teams, that there is this huge gap between Major League Baseball's top and bottom. And it's pretty obvious at the Wall Street Journal they must not be Sports guys, and they sure as hell can't be baseball guys because the Chicago Cubs, which were awful all year, they made it. Now they got smoked by the Dodgers, but still, this is not the rise of any sort of Major League Baseball super team. There's more parity in baseball than there is in any given sport, and in any year, any team can make it happen. So if your team this year, actually, we can even point back to the 2016 Minnesota Twins that lost 100 games. And then they played in a wild card game this year against the New York Yankees and scored three runs in the top of the first inning. I mean, they they put a run up there for the New York Yankees for sure. And this is this isn't a super team thing. I think what data does is I would say it probably gives every team a chance. My um, new wife and her father are going to kill me for saying this, but the New York Yankees teams of ninety nine two thousand and two thousand one or ninety eight nine nine two thousand when they won the three in a row. I think they won four out of five. They had more money than any team. They spent more than any team, and they were able to do it. So for that five-year stretch, probably even longer than that, the Yankees just dominated. They've got 40 pennants and 27 World Series. Are they the greatest franchise in all of baseball? Yeah, they are. They've had the best players play for them, and they've had good management running behind them. So you can't just spend money and make a team happen. You know, those sorts of things don't work. You have to have brains behind the operation. But I don't think this data and sabermetrics that we have in Major League Baseball create super teams as much as it just gives every team a chance. So right now you've got the Houston Astros in the World Series, and this is only their second appearance, and they're looking to win their first one. On top of that, you had the Royals make it in 2014, and they hadn't went to a World Series since 1986. You're, gonna, you're seeing a lot of teams break their droughts. Obviously, the Chicago Cubs, after 108 years, hadn't made a World Series since 1945. Everyone has a chance now, and it's really fun, and I think this is great for baseball because if you're in a small market like the Pittsburgh Pirates who made the 
playoffs in 2014, and when they did that, they broke a huge drought of not making it to the playoffs. So this isn't really a super team thing as much as it's just everyone having a chance. So especially when you're a Cubs fan like me, you just want your team to make the postseason, and they've made the NLCS three years. But, heck, you know, watching a team like the Minnesota Twins play well, and, I mean, gosh, even the Anaheim Angels almost made it this year. Um, which is a pretty big deal because everyone wants to see Mike Trout in the playoffs. But I do. I think this is awesome for baseball. It gets people in it no matter what city you live in. But And, of course, before we start on the World Series preview, I wanted everyone, hope you're seated for this, it is the return of Courtney. She is back on the show finally. I'm back. Everyone's been wanting her. People at my job have been asking, where's Courtney at? You need to stop recording by yourself because it's not even any good. And finally, she's back. We've had a hectic schedule with the wedding. I'm just more popular than you, so I've had more demands on my schedule. So unfortunately, this is the first time that I could appear. Oh, no. But I'm back uh, one night only. No, I'm back and happy to be here. Okay, okay. We want to do... I don't know if this is a touchy subject or not because you are okay. from Strong Island. Do okay. you want to speak on the New York Yankees and how they played this year and maybe how they'll play next year? Yeah, sure. So I actually talked to my dad about this because he's even a bigger Yankees fan. Diehard Yankees fan. I hear him yeah. yell on the TV all yeah, the time. Yeah, he's like screaming. He doesn't even make sense when he yells. That's how you know you're a true New Yorker. He's, he's just like make oh, up yeah. words. And he's my favorite New York <laughs> sports fan. He's a Giants fan. He'll watch the Jets. He'll watch the Mets. He'll watch the Yankees. He's your type of authentic Italian Long Island, he goes to the Baba. That's where he goes for <laughs> sure. And I mean, he's just best guy in the world. Yeah. All time so sports guy. He really is. And he's a huge New Yorker. And when I talked to him about the World Series, when it was inevitable that the Yankees weren't going to make it um, around halfway through the last game, I asked him, I was like, Dad, how are you feeling right now? Like, are you pissed? Are you okay? Are you in disbelief? And he was like, you know, a lot of people underestimated the Yankees this year and didn't think we were going to get this far. So everything beyond what we have done so far is just gravy. So he was just excited to be there. Obviously a little upset that we didn't go all the way because I think that we had the potential to go all the way. You did, for sure. But, you know, like him and I were talking about and like how you and I were talking about even earlier, that this is still a young team that's developing and I think they're just going to even come back bigger and stronger and more ready next year, which is a plus. I think this is just a preview of what's to come. So I think that any Yankees fan, ultimately upset that we didn't go all the way, but still proud of the boys for going as far as they did. Exactly. Like 27 championships isn't enough. You still want one more. All right. these greedy Yankees fans. Well, it's not okay, greedy. <laughs> no, I mean, like, I feel like it's, it's it's a different look of the team. Like, if you're a Yankees yeah, fan. Yeah, that's true. If you're a Yankees fan, this is a different type of Yankee team. I think that it's even a Yankee team that other people who aren't necessarily New Yorkers can get behind. I think a lot of people are liking this Yankees team and are excited about the potential. So yeah. I think that... You know, that this was a big win for the Yankees to get this far, but I think it was a big win for baseball because I think that it allowed other people outside of New York to actually root for the Yankees and not feel gross Mm -hmm. about it. Well, that's... (laughs) I couldn't agree with you more. I yeah. like what you just said about it being a good thing for baseball because the Yankees included, maybe more so than any team, you have all these young stars you can get behind and yeah. watch them develop and watch them play. I remember when Gary Sanchez was coming up last year and hit all those home runs in a short span. Yeah. And then this year, Aaron Judge like comes out of nowhere and hits 53 home runs. And if he's not MVP, he'll be second in MVP and he'll be a unanimous rookie of the year. And like that's huge for them. Yeah. But you get that with I a lot of teams. I think it's huge for baseball. It is huge for baseball, yeah. for sure. Um, and I think, I mean, people watching Houston versus Yankees, like, in the past, you would think it was very polarizing. Like, all New York fans, everyone who lives in New York against 
America, but I think it wasn't as polarized this series. I think that you mean with everyone like hating the Yankees. Yeah, I think it, it wasn't was like at all, I think no. it was like everybody except Yankee fans against Yankee fans. And now it it, it wasn't like that. There were people, I was walking the hallways at at work and I work in Charlotte, North Carolina, right? So really no tie with Houston or New York. And I was walking the halls and, you know, I heard people, which was really exciting, first of all, that I heard people talking about baseball. Mm -hmm. But I heard people saying, you know, oh, I think the Yankees are going to do it or I think Houston's going to do it. And I never heard any polarizing like, oh, I hate the Yankees or, oh, I, I really want Houston win. So it was really cool just to hear in Charlotte out of all places where there's no ties to either team. Yeah, because you're in the excited. South especially. Sure. So for any for anyone in the South to like recognize <coughs> the Yankees and kind of get behind that, yeah. that just is a testament to MLB's young stars coming mm-hmm. up and really being so. able to get behind these guys. And they, they captivate you and they captivate the audience. Like other sports, like NBA has a lot of young guys. NFL has a lot of young guys. Yeah. And if you can get that with Major League Baseball, that's huge. It's just people yeah. even this talk about it want to tune in. Yeah, this isn't your grandpa's Yankees team anymore. No, this it's is, really this not. This is like a millennial type of Yankees team. And yeah, my main takeaway was watching Todd Frazier in game five, I think, just out of the dugout, running around like his mind and yeah. out of his mind. And he he grew up in New Jersey, so he was a lifelong Yankees fan. Yeah. Got to go on the field when he was like 11 and meet Derek Jeter during oh, the really national. Cool. There's a picture around the two, like a little Todd Frazier next to like a grown-up Derek Jeter. I had a and Derek now, Jeter a poster. Did you? Yeah, in my room. Oh, what did it say? Do you remember it? No, it was just like hit. It, he was just in his uniform, and he was just like holding a bat, I think, or something, looking hot. H O T T. Big Jeter fan. Oh, that's what's up. So, was that your favorite Yankee? Is Derek Jeter? Um, yeah, growing up, it was. He was a he, my mom's was Paul O'Neill, and I heard twenty one. Yeah, O'Neal. she yeah, loved yeah, Paul yeah. O'Neill. I don't know why, and I like Jeter. Right yeah, yeah. Well, I love Jeter. I mean, every every little girl watching the Yankees loved Derek Jeter. I mean, he was a lifer, so who are you? Gonna yeah, love? I mean, you couldn't like anyone more. But I'm looking forward to next year. I think we're gonna come out even stronger, and I'm looking forward to watching the World Series this year. Yeah, yeah, it'll be good. I think this year's New York Yankees team is similar to the 2015 Cubs, yeah. where they had a great offensive season, had a great second half, and then ran into a buzzsaw in the NLCS that was sure. great pitching. Sure. And when you're young like that, you haven't seen a lot of that, so it's really hard to adjust. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's kind of what happened when the Yankees got to Houston and they had to face Justin Verlander and sure. Dallas Keuchel and even Lance McCullers Jr., guys that really kind of carved them up. I mean, the Yankees were shut out in Game 7, and I think the Yankees scored more runs... They were at least top three runs out of anyone in Major League Baseball. So yeah. I look for sure. I agree with everything you said. I mean, forcing a game gonna, seven is nothing to be yeah. embarrassed about. I'll t- next year, I don't think the Red Sox <coughs> are in the division. I don't. Th- I think the Yankees come back. They're going to have Michael Pineda back. Sure. So then that's another starter that they have who was pitching really good before he went down with Tommy John. And I, I think they'll win the division next year. I think they'll have the offense for it. will be more experienced. They've got guys on the team. If Matt Holliday comes back, plays healthy, they'll have Todd Frazier all year, which is an experienced veteran. Mm-hmm. Starling Castro's just getting older and better. So everything's looking good that way. You are listening to The Greatest Show on Dirt. Thank you for tuning in. As we sit on the eve of an 8 o'clock start time for the Los Angeles Dodgers and the Houston Astros, we're going to maybe... Courtney has stuck with us. She hasn't left, thank goodness. Still here. The talent. You wouldn't believe how much I'm having to pay her. She's a real stickler. I'm being paid by the minute. I think Scott Boris is her agent. I don't know, because she's (laughs) really just, oh, man. (laughs) The demands that she has all the time. She's, she, yeah, it's, anyway, anyway, we, um. It's too rough to talk about. It is. It is really like I can't give any more like foot massages, you know. You wish you've never done that in your life. My hands are cramped up. Don't listen to her, guys. She's really mean to me. She's hitting me right now. Stop. The 
the World Series is going to be good, and it's kind of historic in the sense of not only two 100-plus win teams are facing it in the World Series, which you've got the Astros, I think, that won 101, and the Dodgers won 104. But historically, you've got the Dodgers with a really great defense and pitching staff, and then the Houston Astros with a really good offense. So here's the stuff I looked at right now. We're just going to go over like real boring stats for like two seconds. Here's what I have. At scoring runs, Houston is 20%, 21% better than the average. You've got a number called WRC+. Plus. I don't know what it means, but it's an offensive... <laughs> sat- I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not going to look. This is from Fangraphs. Okay. But I'm just going to get to really what this number means. This number is so high, it tells us that the Houston Astros are in the 99.8% percentile of all teams... In regards to their offense. So what I'm trying to say is this only 0.2% of teams ever historically in the history of all of baseball have been better than the Houston Astros at putting runs on the board. Okay. And on top of that, at run prevention, the Dodgers are on the top 10% of all time at preventing runs. So what we've got is we've got the Houston Astros in a historically great offense. Okay. Literally only 0.2% of teams ever are better than the Astros at scoring runs. But at preventing runs, the Dodgers are in the top 10% of all time in baseball. So, so this, what does this mean? Well, this makes the prediction really hard, right? So any like data person can look at the stats and say, okay, like we think the advantage goes to the pitching staff or we think the advantage you know, maybe goes to the offense. But at this point, the numbers tell you, if you're going to look at stats, the numbers tell you that nobody stops runs better than what the Dodgers do. Sure. But nobody scores runs better than the Astros do. And something's got to give. Sure. But in the past 162 games plus the playoffs, neither of the teams have given up anything. I think stats are crap. Tell me more. Well, no, I'm just, I'm not a stat girl. I'm kind of a gut girl. Like, I just, I don't know. I feel like you can look at the numbers all you want, no matter what. And there's going to be upsets. There's going to be human error. There's going to be home field, like, advantage. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. Like, yes, I think looking at the numbers as, like, a numbers guy as a prediction is important. But I also think that people people put too much stock and looking at the numbers, like everything that you just said, I had no idea what it meant, but I'm still a big baseball fan. I can yeah, just watch yeah, yeah. a game and know, oh, I have a feeling this is going to be the winning, the winner because of X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. So I think that, yes, it's important. And yes, it's kind of cool to look at like, hey, maybe no team has the advantage because, you know, one's a better fielder and one's a better hitter and one's got to give, right? So who's going to win? Mm-hmm. And I think that makes it even more exciting. I think that being able to look and it's not clear and there's going to say, hey, there's, you know, this team has a hitting advantage and this team has a fielding advantage. I think it makes for an even more exciting series. I think that's what we're going to get out of it. Yeah. I, hope, I hope and I think it's going to go seven games. And I think the outcome of this is going to be just what you said. It's going to people say the clutch gene doesn't exist and it does. Sure. People performing on a stage and how their mind works and how they perform that exists. And that's going to be the determining factor in this series is just whoever performs better on the big stage. Yeah. Do you have any ideas or any like gut feelings as far as like you looking at players on any team going, I think I like them in the clutch. Yeah, so I want Houston to win, but I think the Dodgers will win. So you think the Dodgers are going to pull it out? Yeah, I think the Dodgers are going to are going to win it. And I know that makes you upset because you really want Houston to win, but I just have this gut, and I go with my gut. I just have this gut, yeah, this gut feeling that the Dodgers are going to win. Okay, I've thought about this too, and I think like initially, 
I think my mind is telling me that the Dodgers are going to win as well. Okay. But being because they beat the Cubs, like, I'm a little, like, because I don't want them to win, like, I think they're going to win. Sure. But when I look at the offense from 1 to 9 that the Houston Astros have in a best-of-seven game series, I think they've got... Like, the fire to win this game. Well, you know what? So, okay, you bring up an interesting point. I don't know. I kind of, is it too late to go back? Because I don't know if I do think the Dodgers are going to win. Because here's why. The Dodgers looked like a really, really good team. But they were also playing the Cubs. Which is. Who were not performing. They were performing mediocre at best. They only got into the playoffs because Milwaukee wasn't ready yet. Sure. And the Chicago Cubs had the easiest schedule in all of baseball in the second half, so they weren't really playing. They weren't playing the 2016 Cubs, I'll tell you that right now. No, and they didn't really play well in the playoffs. So, like, yeah, you look Mm. at, like, the scores, the run scored, and, you know, how they performed and how they matched up against the Cubs, and you're looking, wow, the Dodgers were really strong in the playoffs. But, unfortunately, you're looking at them playing the Cubs, who were underperforming. And then you look at a team like Houston, who, you know, put up a really good fight against the Yankees, obviously won and progressed into the World Series. And you look, well, how did they play against the Yankees? And the Yankees put up a better fight than the Cubs did. So who's really the stronger team? I don't know. I don't know. Because when I look at the Game 1 starters, it's Clayton Kershaw against Dallas Keuchel. So a couple really good finesse lefties out there. And everyone says that Clayton bombs, but he didn't bomb so far. No, he really hasn't. I mean, no. he's pitched to about a 360 ERA this postseason, so that's still a lot worse than what he does. Yeah. And historically, on a big stage, <coughs> I mean, it's super cliche to say Clayton Kershaw doesn't pitch well in the World Series or like in the playoffs, but I mean, he hasn't. His numbers are much higher in the postseason. One advantage, though, that I will give the Los Angeles Dodgers is it's their bullpen. Because their bullpen's much better than what Houston's bringing to the table. And I don't know if Houston's bullpen can stop the Dodgers. So if I'm looking at the starters like Dallas Keuchel and Justin Verlander, I think they can shut them down. But unless each of those guys is going to pitch a complete nine innings their whole start, I don't know that the Astros' bullpen can stop the L.A. Dodgers, which is really what kind of got the Cubs in trouble. His Cubs starters were pitching pretty good besides that game Jose Quintana pitched, but... It was the Cubs bullpen that was letting loose, and I don't know if if that was a product of the Cubs bullpen being that bad or the Los Angeles Dodgers just really having a lot of hitters. I think it was a combination. I think the Cubs relievers didn't do us any favors this postseason. I think that there was a lot of mistakes happening. I mean, if they were pitching gems, I think they would score less. Do we we inevitably lose still? Probably. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. Okay, so game one puts Dallas Keuchel against Clayton Kershaw. One of the most exciting things I'm pumped to see is Jose Altuve, the best hitter in all of baseball, yeah. face Clayton Kershaw, who's said to be the best pitcher in baseball. I Jose think he Al- hits him. I think he hits him, too. Jose Altuve is betting 400 against Clayton Kershaw Yeah, because right Cl- now at this time. Clayton Kershaw is hittable. So predictions for tomorrow? Who do you got, Dodgers or Astros? Astros take game one. I have Astros. I think Dallas Keuchel outdoes, outduels Clayton Kershaw. I don't know. Where are they playing tomorrow? Oh, they're playing in L.A., Oh, interesting. And this would be the first time that the Dodgers lose at home. Isn't that what you just said? If Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah because yeah, I was off air when I said that. Yeah, yeah, it's a good point. Neither of these teams has lost at home during the entire postseason. So yeah. something's got to give at this point, right? right? Someone's going to be the first loser. You know, record high temperatures tomorrow in L.A. It's supposed to be 97. 
This is the hottest World Series so game anyone's Halloween. ever played. Exactly, right? I guess I'd like to live in LA. They're just living the dream out there. I don't I think Is that the dream? Halloween at 97 degrees? You think that's a dream? That's no, like a but nightmare. they just have beautiful weather all year right. round. It rained here all day. Yeah. But I think Clayton Kershaw might go five innings. I think he gives up four runs in five innings, and I think Dave Roberts will pull him. I'd say Dallas Keuchel goes about six or seven. I think that's what's going to happen, and I think the I think, Astros yeah, will I win. think Astros take game one. My prediction for Jose Altuve, I think he gets – he'll get two hits off Clayton Kershaw, and if he gets three at-bats against Kershaw, he'll go like two for three with one of those being an extra base hit. And I think that's what's going to happen. And I think he'll strike out. Definitely he'll have one strikeout at least. You think Jose Altuve will strike out? Jose Altuve is a hard guy to strike out. Yeah, I, just, I don't know that he does. I think he does. But Clayton Kershaw's got nasty stuff, so yeah, I wouldn't I think be he surprised. Because I think he's going to go up there super confident and wanting to do really well, and that can either go good or bad. But a lot of— But I think he hits him. I definitely think he hits him, but I think he gets one strikeout. That might happen. I'm going to try to look up the lineup here. Lineups are currently unavailable. One guy I want to talk about is Chris Taylor, who was co-MVP. I've got numbers on this Chris Taylor guy, actually. And he, him and Justin Turner are two of the guys that can carry this offense and get him kind of ready to go out of the gate. So listen to this on Chris Taylor. Okay. Right, This is the L.A. Dodgers leadoff guy. He plays center field, and he can even play in the infield, too. I think he's played like half the positions. Before this season... In his career, he played 120 games, uh-huh. batted 234, hit one home run. This season, he's played 140 games, batted 288, and has hit 21 home runs. Like, he just got a swing redone. Yeah. He went to a guy that does, like, all the launch angle stuff, and okay. now he just he puts the ball in the air more and just gets more hits. And guys like him and Justin Turner are carrying the team, so that's they need – if you tell me L.A. wins tomorrow, Chris Taylor and Justin Turner are going to need multiple hits. And Yasiel Puig's going to need to flip somebody off for sure. Which could happen. Which absolutely yeah. could happen. Oh, we do have a little beef, though. Josh Reddick, Houston Astros. Yeah. He um, plays for the Astros. He played for the Dodgers last year. And he's come out today on social media and says he doesn't like the Dodgers fans. So they treated him bad when he was in L.A. Really? I guess they called him names and didn't accept him. So now, him. you know, they're in L.A. tomorrow. You know they're going to boo him. They're going to boo Josh Reddick hard. And I, yeah, can't wait. I can't wait. Like, this isn't like some and sort of. And then I hope he gets a really big hit and I hope he flips his bat. That would be amazing. That yeah, and I mean I he hope might. There's, I he hope might. there's a fight on second base. Ooh, there could be like a little Runet Odor, Jose Batista yeah, knockout box. Gosh, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm into it. They're making it fun, but we do have a little beef and a little tension right now. Which is good. Out. You kind of want that in the World Series because Josh Reddick's like I was there like and they treated me bad. Well, how, what did they do? What did I, they I, I, I don't. I guess they just would yell at him. For, he said they would boo him at home games. The team that he played for at home games, the fans would boo him. Why? I don't know what he did to him, but. What did they do? I don't know. But if Chris Taylor, I don't know what he did. But if Chris Taylor plays well and Justin Turner can hit, one big question is if Corey Seeker is going to play the shortstop for the Dodgers. Yeah. I said him. Well, you, oh, no, you, so you, he was out, I know, before, but you said that he was going to play in the World Series. Okay, so they think he's going to play in the World Series, but if I'm the Dodgers and Dave Roberts, I don't play him till game three. Do you want to know why? Sure. Because if I'm the Dodgers, my first two games are at home, I want to rest him for the road because in game one, if I'm Dave Roberts and I'm pitching Clayton Kershaw in game one, yep. if he is indeed the best pitcher on the planet, I can sit Corey Seager. Because Charlie Culverson, Seager's replacement, yeah. batted over 400 in the NLCS. So I want Corey Seager to rest his back as much as possible, and I won't play him until game three because that's when i got to get into kind of like the later starters. Yeah. Because, for example, game three, you Darvish pitches. Now, a lot of people will tell you you Darvish is pitching great this postseason, which he is. 
but he's pitching against the Astros. And for you, Darvish, that's an in-division matchup. Yeah. Because you, Darvish, was a Ranger, and they're in the same division as the Astros, and the Astros have seen him. So I'm saving Seager's bat, and I don't. I play him in Game Three, 100 percent sure, but I don't play him in one because Clayton's pitching, and I don't play him in two because Rich Hill's my number two guy. And if Clayton Kershaw pitches well in Game One, yeah, I've got Rich Hill in a very fresh bullpen because the Dodgers haven't played in forever. You're starting to make me think that the Dodgers might win. Yeah, <laughs> I keep I, going back and forth, which is so fun. I I'm think. the same way, and yeah. I think this series is going to be phenomenal. I wrote a post today on Twitter that I said it was going to be wild, like gremlins eating after midnight wild. Yeah. Like, it's going to be bonkers. I really think it is. I think we're going to be at the like edge of our seats. I hope so, because last year's World Series was so good. And not only because we had a team in it that we liked, but because it just went seven games. And, it and was I almost really threw up good. like four times during the World Series. It was so hard to watch. <laughs> I wanted to be over so bad. It gave me the tension. I get, like, anxious where I, like, want to change the channel. Yeah, I was like, I can't watch this. And then you want to go back. It was like when we watched... It's like a car accident. It was like when we watched Argo. (laughs) Yeah. And Argo, like, stresses you out so much because... Turn it off. Are they going to make it the plane? Are they not going to make it the plane? We don't know. Like, are they going to die? Like, that's how I felt. For sure. It was so bad. Let me ask you a question about Yasiel Puig. Do you like his antics? Um, The bat flips. Like, when... For example... So, here's what Puig does. He'll flip his bat. He flipped his bat on a single... Like, yeah. within the past, like, 10 days. When teams aren't pitching to him a lot, so on a 3-0 count, he'll just stand there and, like, do a little dance and, like, kick his leg out and stuff like that. And a lot of people don't prefer that. So my first question to you is, Courtney, what do you think of all that? Um, I don't prefer it, only because I don't really like him. I think if I liked him, like, if it was a Cubs player doing it, I would think it was, like, the most amazing thing ever. Or if it was a Yankees player doing mm-hmm. it, I would think it was the most amazing thing ever. But just because I'm not really a big fan of him, I'm like, oh, that's so obnoxious. But it kind of makes it funny. Okay. He's fun to hate. I'm about to give you a surprising answer because, you know, I don't prefer the Dodgers. You love it. I, I love know you yes. do. I do because I think it's great for baseball. I think yeah. it's still one of those things to where, yeah, so what if he I'm flips his bat and it doesn't go over the fence? Or, like, I don't really care that you flipped off the Cleveland Indians, I guess. like I think if, that's funny. I think it's all, he gave him the double bird after yeah, he crossed the plane. It was the greatest thing ever. I think ever. that's actually funny. And like, he, I mean, he's such a good athlete. He hits for power. He's got a cannon out in the field. But hey, you know, I like to see him flip his bat. I like to see him launch a ball from right field and like do whatever he wants to do after. Yeah, um, I'm not actually. I'm not that mad. I, I mean, I think it's a little obnoxious. Like when you're flipping your bat on something that's like not a home run. I'm like, really, bro? Like, chill out a little yeah. bit. That's a little much. Mm-hmm. Like there was a Dodgers player the other day. It might have been him, but he walked. And, like, he drew a walk, and he, like, he didn't flip his back, but he, like, threw his back kind of like, yeah, I walked. And oh, it's like, okay. No, it wasn't Puig. I don't remember who it was, but it was when they, it was in the Cubs series. Yes. And, and I, I was literally sitting there was, like, but. okay, bro, you just walked. Like, don't, like, I mean, you didn't, you didn't hit a walk. You drew a walk. You just stood there. So, I mean, yes, it's exciting because it's a tough series, and you got on base, and you're advancing your team, but you walked. So, you know, maybe just place your bat instead of throwing it because yeah. you literally did nothing but stand there. Yeah, I like the emotion. I love yeah. it. They do it in every other sport, but somehow in baseball, like, it's still looked down upon. And But you know what, like, the culmination of my favorite part of the NLCS was? So Javi Baez tagged Puig out at second. Did you see that? Yeah, I did. And he waved his feet. And what did what did Puig do? He laughed it off. Yeah. So that, t- that at least tells me like he's not he's being a like a sport. jerk. Yeah. He is. Like he loves that both ways, and that's just how he plays well, maybe baseball. He's, maybe he's just trying to like make it fun. People, like he'll taunt, but he doesn't mind if he's yeah. being taunted as people well. People hate him though. I talk I talk baseball to people I work with, and they hate Puig. Really? They're like, I can't stand that guy. People on Twitter, I can't stand. But Yasiel is such a cool name. 
Oh, yeah. And he's huge. Yeah, he is. I'm scared he's of him. Giant. No, he's got to be 250 pounds. I see pictures of him on Instagram, and I'm like, man, I guess he could, you know, he could pull a Bo Jackson in the offseason <laughs> and just play football for fun. <laughs> for sure. But he's got a cannon about like Bo Jackson. He might be the best right fielder in all of baseball. He's got a better arm than Jason Hayward. And it's, it's probably so? just. He's a better right fielder than Jason Hayward. At this point, he's a better right fielder than Jason Hayward. He hits better, and I think he's he's got at least as good of an arm, but I think it might be a little better. You are listening to The Greatest Show on Dirt, coming to you live from the Sweet Bee Studio. I am your host, Quentin, with Courtney. She is Court Sika on Not Twitter. Not anymore. Oh. Yeah, I am. Oh, on I? Twitter. On yeah, Twitter, Court yes. Sika on Twitter. That's where all the good sports happen, so you can follow us on Twitter. At Greatest on Dirt. You can find us there. We have all the sports news. We do have a Facebook as well. We do. I am on the Facebook, guys. We um, are on the we Facebook. We are on the Facebook. <laughs> and, yeah, that's a good thing, too. But we'll go ahead and close out the episode. And we'll, um, gosh, I guess the next time you'll hear from us will probably be after Game 1 of the World Series. So our prediction for at least Game 1, we think it's the Astros. We think it's the Astros, Game 1. We're going to go ahead and put that. Yeah. We'll go on record. We're on record. And then we'll post a, a retraction. If, we're if this goes bad, we have the ability <laughs> to cut this. Yeah, um, but we're gonna we're gonna say the Astros. And as far as the best of, we do think it's gonna go seven games, and we might be split on the decision. I think Courtney's on the Dodgers, and I'm on the Astros. So we'll make a wager on the next episode and see who wins. Until then, thank you for listening, and have a great night.